Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. This is your official spoiler warning. If you haven't seen uh, episode 12, season 3 of All That... Um, and you don't want it spoiled for you, much like, um, you know, when we recorded this, various media organisations were spoiling the Eternals. We're not going to do that here. <laughs> we are a spoiler zone. Yes, not a spoiler-free zone, but we give you this warning now. Sometimes we'll also just bring up anything else, and we might spoil that too, but we'll try and do a little, like, spoiler warning, so just be ready to pause. If, there's anything, like, if there's anything you don't want spoiled... At all in your life. Yeah. Well, listen to the podcast because we need it. We need But this. just be aware that we're probably going to spoil that for you. But what we'll probably do is we'll probably go, um, oh, it's a lot like the end of um, this. Oh, spoiler, spoiler warning. Yeah. So we'll just say that straight after it. Yeah. So exactly. don't worry. We got your back. That's your spoiler warning <laughs> for season. No, we're not going to spoil things. People flip out about spoilers these days. I'm one of them, but I'm getting over it. That's everything on the spoiler front. Um, don't uh, just just letting you know we're going to spoil all that. But it's all right. It's a sketch show. You'll be okay. Um, all right. Over to you. Uh, opening theme tune. Please. <laughs> I hate the word. Everybody and welcome to Mission Zach's Leguizamo Rama. This is a podcast about John Leguizamo, where we chat about him sometimes. Uh, I'm joined by my friend. Oh wait, me. I'm Mish Wittrop. <laughs> yeah, you're important too. You're an uh, important part of the Mission Zach family, Mish. I want I'm, you to know that. Thank you. I'm I'm Mish Wittrop. You might know me from being important. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm joined by my bestest bosom buddy, mm-hmm. Zach Ruane, who you might know from. Um, I made a TikTok that got 20,000 views. Yeah, what yesterday. the fuck? I didn't even get it. I was just, I saw it and I was like, I don't get it. I didn't do it. I cannot, I cannot tell you how much I didn't do it for the views. I don't have any followers. Well, I do now. I didn't have any followers on my TikTok. I thought it'd be funny to post something on my TikTok with no followers. <laughs> That was the joke. It was a joke for me. So it was like a joke for yourself, yeah. It was like, how funny would it be to post a thing? Because I shot it and I was like, that's funny for me. And I was like, do you know what would be really funny for me is to post it on this account that only 300 people know about. And then it got 20,000 views. Which is which is so funny. Did you have anyone that was like, what the fuck is this? Or was it all like, haha, Zach, you're so funny? I think, I think, I don't know. Um, people seem to know, no, no. People, I think, either thought, haha, that's weird, that's funny and weird. But I also think more people get it. Like, none of my, no one I'm talking to gets it. Basically, I make an allusion to um, TikTok Australia. If you've been binging TikToks late at night, it does a little prime possum moment where it says, hey, time to go to bed, just checking mm-hmm. in with you. And I thought, wouldn't it be funny if I did that? But I don't do it well or properly or for anyone but me. Um, but it blew up. You have to start doing more TikToks because yes, I reckon I you do. could be massive on TikTok. We talk about TikTok a lot on this podcast mm-hmm. because I feel like TikTok is something that has really gotten me through the last couple, the last few months at the very least. Mm-hmm. It's been a rough. It's been a rough year and a half, and um, TikTok has been a real shining light. Mm. Uh, on on my life, and because of that, I talk about it a lot. I, I've I've become the person who sends TikToks to all my friends. Mm-hmm, you do, yeah. So if you could get big on TikTok, I'd love that. I've I've been teasing. I've been teasing the idea of doing of starting up my own TikTok, but I just I'm I don't I I don't want to. <laughs> Sorry. I think what you should do, Mish, and I would 
appreciate this because I could just then follow you. I think what you should do, this is my opinion, and you heard me pitching it to Mish. So if she gets famous from it, you can, um, you can like tell her to give Zaki 20% of her, of her 20? 20. 15. You get 15. Fine. I was joking, but okay. I play a hard bargain because I would have been okay with zero. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm coming out of this with 15. So happy with that, Mish. So you what need do you think to work I should on do your on what, what should my skills. TikTok be? You should just do duets mm. with the videos you send to us and not say anything, not do anything, just watch them. And, and, and I, I want to see the horror in your face. Okay. Or the nothingness. I think you doing nothing, watching the videos that you send to me yeah. would be phenomenal. Okay, I'll do it. I, I think you should just start doing it. Don't even tell anyone about it. Just set up an account, start doing it, where you just uh, very authentically, emotionally react in duets to the sorts of videos you send to me. <laughs> um, and I, I think it could be the beginning of something special. I'm the okay. TikTok expert now. <laughs> hey, man, I could only dream for 20,000 views. I'm a regular Bella Porch. Will you get paid here. for that? If, you, if that no, video no. went full viral and it got it like millions upon millions, would you get money? I don't know how it works. I don't, I don't know. There is a thing called a creator studio. It's a, it, not a creator studio, a creator's fund. It's a, it's a, it's a whole different thing. It's, it's like um, it's only in some countries uh, and I have no idea. And I wouldn't get it. No, I, I, I think there is a ceiling on me mumbling, doing an extreme close-up and mumbling a reference that so far <laughs> none of my friends have understood. So um, I don't think that video is going to go viral. Uh, and I would not make any money from it, no. But I'll tell you what I what what we will be making money from, Mish, is your hit success as because you're a curator of fucked TikToks, and I just I, I have think you should share it with so the world. many. I have so many fucked TikToks. Just go back and find them, and just stitch with them, and do nothing. Just just watch them. Just watch them, so we can watch them with you. That's what I think. And then maybe you could get clever and start doing like stitches and all that bullshit mm. and do little funny jokes if you want to like oh this is what i think about that but i genuinely think i want to see you watching those videos in a very real sense i want to see what does what's what happens to mish's face when she watches a video like that um okay and i think that would be very entertaining for me and I would be happy. And it t- it take it, it it takes the effort of watching the video. It's mm. this, it takes less effort than sending it to me. Just popping it All up right. on TikTok. Okay, no, it. that's a good way of putting it. It's like every time I want to send you a video, I'll just send you a video of me reacting to that video via TikTok. Mm-hmm. All right, I can do that. Let's do it. Let's see what happens. You can evolve from there. <laughs> Have you had yourself a good week, Zach? But don't feel like that's a rule. Just I want to be quickly, you know, if you want to start riffing, if you want to start in- interacting with those little videos, you go for it. Okay. That's the spark. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, for- have I had a good week? I have had a great week. I've, oh, good. Um, I've been a busy boy. I took yeah. a week off my comedy work last week and then I've been busy boy doing – there's a little thing that people think comedians don't do, a little thing called admin. <laughs> oh, God. Because what I like to say, Mish, what I've always liked to say is – have you heard the – this is my favourite phrase. If you – do what you love. You know, you know that whole thing of like people work. Do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Yeah. Oh, I've not heard that version. I've not heard no. that version. Mine is do what you love and eventually, no matter what it is, you'll end up staring in an Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that the words will be maybe reminiscent of the thing you once loved. Oh, God. I My partner has a like a – I'm trying to make sure I don't dox my partner. He works. Can I say that he works for the government? 
Yeah, a lot of people work for the government. All right, government. sweet. Who <laughs> works for the government? Technically, <laughs> I mean, technically I've worked I'm for the government I'm dating a, a from time serious time. politician. <laughs> oh, that's very funny. No, no, I think, um, I think thousands upon thousands, hundreds of thousands even maybe work for the government. Government is a huge institution from the Prime Minister down to, you know, in many ways your local librarian works for the government. Yeah, I know. I just realised after I said that, it's like, imagine if there was someone out there who was desperate to find my partner and so they took the information they know. Well, they've now whittled it down to the biggest employer in Australia. (laughs) They take the information I know, which is, which that they know, which is that he doesn't like scary movies and he works for the government and then all of a sudden they're able to find all his information. Anyway, um, I just like the, I just like that I'm like, secretly dating some very, very influential politician. That's that's funny. funny. That's a funny implication that we should just start floating with, this idea that Mish Wittrup, but you don't want to talk about it because, like, like because um, it's Peter Dutton. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Mish... Because Dutton, there's nothing like Dutton Rod. And yeah, it's, it's true. It's true. Like people, the thing with Peter Dutton is like, sure, sure. Sometimes, sometimes he's not the world's fa- most favourite person, mm. but he's good at a dickin'. Yeah, and that's how it started. I mean, I just want to say that. That's how it started between mm. Mish and Dutton. I was one mm. of the f- first and, and still one of the few to know well, yeah. Um, when when we first, well, okay. Wait, when when Dutton and I would we, would you call it dating? No, well, this is what I would say. It was yeah. you you were fucking Dutton. I was fucking Dutton. And and I said to you, I said, Mish, be careful because yeah, you, did. you know it's not a good look. You know, like I'm not saying like I've got no. I'm not. I I, I think that there's too much polarization in politics. I got no shade with you know anyone going any which way and we'll have a robust conversation, you know, but I'm, I'm saying to you, Mish, I think, you know, you're a trendy little comedian in the arts. You, mm. you don't want to be seen to be fucking Dutton. And you were like, please, Dutton's just my piece on the side. Exactly. And I like, said, no girl hasn't caught feelings for Dutton. But the thing is, he's, he's said to me, okay, like after after we've done some fucking, mm-hmm. he has said to me in bed before while we're sharing a cigarette mm-hmm. with the the sheets coiled up below our waists. He's been like, um, Mish, Mish, I can't do yeah, that. Yeah, he's been like, I can't do his voice either. I don't want to be rude. Um, he said to me, he's like, I think we can go public with this. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, Dutton. Dutts. Look, Peter Dutton, listen to Dutty. me for a second. Were you I calling don't him think- Dutsy at that point or was it still Dutton? Just Dutton at that point. Yeah. Now he's now he's Duddy Diddums. Duddy Diddums. Duddy Diddums. Yeah. Um, and I just Daddy said, Daddy Duddy. Peter Dutton. Daddy Dutton. Oh my god. <laughs> Daddy Dutton. Oh my Dutton. god. Um, uh, I said to him, look, I don't think that that's probably the best for my career mm-hmm. uh, to to come to come out and say that I'm fucking Peter Dutton. Mm-hmm. And he understood. He gets it. He does get it. Mm-hmm. Um. But now at this point, like I feel, we've gone from I've gone from just fucking Peter Dutton to now mm. we're in a we're in a relationship. Well, you went for for lunch at Scomo's house and he cooked you a curry and like I yeah. feel like you, if you're meeting Scomo, yeah, but it's getting it, serious it, it, with Daddy Duddy. Yeah, it, it, like that was a big day because that was that was a big day because mm-hmm. he really wanted me to meet his friends. Like he's met some of my friends. He's met you, mm-hmm. you know. He's met Michelle Brazier. He's met some of my mm. friends, and he's like, "Well, I want you Peter to come Dutton. and meet." Yeah, Peter Dutton. Yeah, he's like, "I want you to come and meet some of my friends." <laughs> yeah, and I was just like, "Oh, like like who?" And he was like, "Well, like my friend Scott." And I was like, I'll meet Scott. I don't mind. And then it, I was like, oh, you mean you mean Prime Minister Scott Morrison. Right. Yeah, and he wow. was just like, well, yeah. And I'm like, and we had a big chat about it. I'm like, look, I don't, I have some choice words for that man. Yeah. And he was just yeah, like, yeah. he was like, look, he's like, I need you like to respect my friends. And I was like, well, at the end of the day, I have some choice words for Peter Dutton as well. Yeah. So I'm like, and I'm fucking him. So the least I can do is have dinner with Scott Morrison. And so I did. And like, it was a nice, he made some nice roast potatoes for me because mm-hmm. um, I'm, a, I'm a vegan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we sang a couple of Hill songs. And it was 
<laughs> yeah, really yeah, that's great. That's really good. I reckon, um, but- I reckon, here's my thing, and this is probably like libelous, but lucky no one listens to this podcast. If ever I've seen a person that like punches walls in front mm. of his kids, it's mm. Scott Morrison. Anyway. <laughs> That's a guy that, like, he's never laid a finger on them and he mm. thinks that's enough because he just punches walls because they're a bit mm. rude sometimes because they're like, Dad, we don't want to watch Veggie Tales. <laughs> <laughs> and, then he, and then he buys them, like, some oh, Aldi so chocolate. Funny. He's like, hey, I got you some chocolate while I was at Aldi. I'm sorry, I've been really stressed at work. <laughs> Oh, so you know, um, I, I, I feel similarly about you know Kim Beasley. Yeah. Oh no, I disagree. I disagree. Wait, Kim no. Beasley. Oh, okay. You're gonna. I reckon him. Kim Beasley looks like I've never seen a man who looks more like he would forget his children's names oh, <laughs> than Kim God, Beasley. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's like fantastic. you know, you just know for a fact that like there there are moments where he's just like, "Fuck, which one are you?" That's yeah. so good. That's that's um, so that's so funny. And Peter I've, Dutton might look like a shiny little penis, mm-hmm. a smooth eraser at the end of a pencil. Yeah, but <laughs> he throws down better than any any chef I ever fucked in my late twenties. That's so funny. Oh, anyway, I don't want to talk too much about like I'm I'm trying to keep it fairly on the DL. Like we are in a proper relationship now, me and um, Daddy Dutton. We are in a proper relationship mm-hmm. now. But um and so and because you know he he's in the media, people know who he is. Mm. Um, there is a certain amount of our relationship that can be public because that's that's who I've chosen to be in a relationship with. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to Leguizamo Rama, I just want to keep my private life private. Yeah, you want to keep it separate. You know, you want yeah. to keep it separate, and I understand that. Thanks. Um, in hindsight, yeah, like um, mm. the works for the government was a big, big giveaway, though, because Peter Dutton is one of the highest members of our parliament. Yeah. Um, in terms of structurally, so that was a big mm. giveaway, and probably, and all this talk of it as well. Yeah. Hey, that's been a great chat about um, Australian, um, Australian conservative. <laughs> Political figure Peter Dutton and how you've been yeah. throwing it down with him. Um, Mish- well, do you remember? Do you remember when Ellen went to the baseball or whatever with George W. Bush? Mm. You can combine the two. That's fine. Um, it's just like me and Dutton when we go to the baseball. Except when, by baseball, you mean my pants. And by um, and. When we're talking about Bush, we ain't talking about the George variety. No, we're talking about my 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 vagina. Yeah. So anyway. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Shall um, we shall we chat about some Johnny Legs content? Yeah, I think we should. I think we should, and I think we should say uh, if you tuned in last week, um, uh, you'll know that towards the end we 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 hit we hit a big thing. So I think I'm going to describe. Mm-hmm. This episode, I'm going to do my little intro, and then I think we need to like talk mm. about why we picked this show from 1997. Talk a little bit about the next few weeks, yeah, and kind of um, get everyone caught up because um, uh, things are changing. It's been here fun. Summer, it's been yeah. silly, but we got to kind this of sometimes. This is business. Sometimes you got to like knuckle down. Sometimes yeah. you got to like get into the weeds. And, if you um, guys came here for a laugh, fuck off right now. Get fucked. We're not here to fucking laugh. We're here to talk about John Leguizamo in the 90s, which is serious business for Zach and I now. It was fun once. It was fun. But it's not fun anymore. It's not fun anymore. Um, So don't don't you fucking giggle. Don't fucking giggle and hoot. Yeah. I want none of that. This is business. So maybe we should give a little bit of context. Normally I'd do a go back, listen to last week's episode, but fuck that because maybe you don't remember it. Last week's episode... Um, we, oh, wait, 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 a moment. Yes. So we'll start with the whole journey of Leguizamarama. Fairly early on, Mm -hmm. I would say the first, within the, probably the first 10 episodes, Mm -hmm. Zach and I came to the absolute conclusion Mm -hmm. that thus far we have three definitive 
John Leguizamo errors. Mm-hmm. We have baby legs. We're talking giant I'm take blazer. Notes if that's okay. Yeah, that's fine. We're talking giant blazer, Miami Vice baby legs. Teeth are quite fit in the face. Yeah. We have sexy Luigi, which comes what we believe to be around whispers in the dark and to end somewhere around the late noughties. We're not sure 100. Oh, wait, no, mid-2015. Mid yeah, no, I would yeah. even go. I would, look, we don't really know. I think it's more somewhere between 2000 and 2010. Like I, I, okay, I, yep. Yeah, it depends but on we, what, we what you think. Yeah, we can yeah. say definitively we weren't 100% sure when it ended, but Sexy Luigi was an error. Mm-hmm. And then we have Dad Guizamo, which is, oh, about Sexy Luigi, that we're talking like 0% body fat, ripped, um, lots of tank tops and gold chains. A life, very life, a sort of life, um, uh, something so, like somehow embodying the energy of of masculinity and uh, being a twink at all at the same yes. time is a big component. That's exactly right. That's very, very well. That's very well said. <laughs> and then we've got Dad Guizamo, and Dad, Dad Guizamo. Guizamo uh, I guess kind of started around 2010 and mm. has not yet finished because everything we've seen up until this point is still Dad Guizamo. It might, there might be another era still to come, but I Dad Guizamo is kind of like this this older, he's a dad, he wears a sweater vest, he's still a babe, mm. but um, his hair's a little bit more dishevelled. His clothes are a little bit looser, that kind of thing. A dad, he's a, he's a dad. dad. He's a dad, but he's like, like let's let's be very clear... When we say Dad Guizamo, if you're not familiar, like, it's like Dad Guizamo. Like, he's a dad, but he's like a dad. Yeah. He's not your yeah. dad. He's your best friend's dad. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly <laughs> He's your best right. friend's dad. And you're, like, at and the even, sleepover and, and you're like, oh, my goodness. The next level onto that is there's Daddy Guizamo, which Daddy is just Guizamo. a subset of Dad Guizamo, which is Dad Guizamo, but Daddy... You know Daddy what I mean. Guizamo. Anyway, we were very can set I, on Can this. I just say, yeah, and we'll talk to the, the sub-phases because Daddy Guizamo is a sub-phase, as is um, Legwas Hollywood. Yeah. Um, and now we're like, we we're sev- almost 70 episodes into this podcast and we were, we were set on those errors. And then last week we whoa. watched Frogs for Snakes or mm-hmm. some shit like mm-hmm. that. And it threw us for a loop. Zach, take over, please. So Frogs for Snakes um, was a funny little film. I was watching it, um, chugging away, and I'm thinking, oh, this is interesting. Baby Leguizamo. I didn't realise he had such a big part. Um, I thought his first, like, really big part was kind of in The Whispers in the Dark, and this is of a similar time period. Um, but he's clearly baby legs by every definition I have, or, or, or what I would say a very transitionary period between baby legs and sexy Luigi. And I started to think like, maybe there's a transitionary period there in the same way that, you know, late sexy Luigi, you could call Leguiz Hollywood and early dad Guizamo, you could call daddy Guizamo, Mm. um, here is a new phase. Here is a new thing. Something of the late, I would call it a late baby legs where he's starting to become sexy Luigi, starting to like find himself. But the thing that really threw us. This is crazy. Was that this movie Mm -hmm. was quite a bit after uh, Whispers in the Dark. This was not 1993, 92. No, no. And that's where we got very confused because, yes, he was still sexy, but it wasn't sexy Luigi. No, this and is like... Yet it happened in the middle, the middle of what we believed to be the sexy Luigi era. This so is we post-Luigi. Like, yeah. you got to understand, this is post-Luigi. This is... Three years off a definitive Leguiz Hollywood moment, which was an interview he did on um, the comedy channel, Comedy Central's The Daily Show, where he wears a long sleeve black top. We never talked about it, but it was one we watched and considered doing a podcast about. And I think we should, because it is a very important moment for Leguiz Hollywood, right? That's in 2000, I believe. 
Okay. So we're three years off Legwas Hollywood, which is late stage Sexy Luigi, mm. and we're seeing something that is closer to baby legs. Yeah. And there's just like, well, how does this even work? Like this is, I'm trying to give some context here. This is like, say you're an archaeologist, right? Mm-hmm. And you discover, say you're a paleontologist mm-hmm. and you discover a woolly mammoth bones mm-hmm. next to Tyrannosaurus rex bones and yeah. they're from the same era. You're like, yeah. I thought these were billions of years apart and here they are next to each other, same era. Yeah. I've got to throw out the fucking book. Yeah. That's, that's a very good analogy. That's exactly what it felt like. And I'll be honest, I fought it because mm-hmm. I love a bit of structure. And I was like, no, these are the errors. We mm-hmm. found them, Zach. We fucking mm-hmm. found them. But no, Zach, what did I say Zach, to you, Mish? Zach said to me, he's like, we've just, you've got to let it go. You have to let it go. You watched the movie just like I did and you saw... Like, I was so sure while watching the film that it was early 90s. Like, but it wasn't. Like, and it was, and it happened, like, five years past what I thought the movie was. And within that five years, so much had happened to Lex. And yet he, this movie was like a weird little time capsule. Anyway, this we were three thrown. years off spun, guys. Three yeah, years off spun. Crazy, crazy. So... What Zach and I have decided is... Because, uh, and I'll tell you why we've decided, before you jump into that mission, and please, I want you to explain it, but before we do, we want to be very clear. This podcast, and we talked about this last week, we are practitioners of the Leguisciences. We are not, we are not preachers mm. in the church of the leg, leg religion. Yeah. We, this is not a leg religion. This is a legwa science. And yeah. legwa religions, they, they back engineer, they go, oh, he could tr- transform to his baby self. There was, they back engineer, they, they go, you oh. You can't well. pick and choose when it comes to legwa religion. What, this one time he did? No. Sexy Luigi worked while that was all the information we have. We have more information. We have to reassess. Yeah. We're not so- Pete Evans. And we, we realise that there are some big sexy Luigi fans out there mm-hmm. that were on board, that wanted us to do merch that said sexy Luigi on it. Wow. And if people are willing to buy, we can, we're still willing to, to potentially do we that. We can still do we that. We can still do that yeah. if you want to buy a hoodie that says sexy Luigi. But it was a little gross making money off a, off a lie. Off, off a lie. <laughs> Well, you love a lie. Yeah. So, but I, hey. look, I'd do it. I'd do it. Times are tough. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, we realise that there are some big lovers out there of that era. Mm-hmm. I was one of them. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me to admit it, but my name is Mish Witchrup and mm-hmm. I loved sex- Sexy Luigi. Mm-hmm. But it t- And I, I took a deep breath and I took a bath and I went for a walk with my dog and I thought about it and it's mm-hmm. like, we, ju- we have to accept the facts. Mm-hmm. I believe in sciences, mm-hmm. And so just because it hurts mm-hmm. doesn't mean it's wrong. Mm-hmm. So basically what we're saying the is The institution that, of Leguisciences. Yeah. And we're not going to defend the, the specifics. All we're saying is that we're opening up the study. So we're going to look into that error and see if maybe we got it wrong. We, maybe we didn't. Maybe we didn't, and maybe, maybe with a little bit, maybe with a bit of research, we will find that sexy Luigi is, in fact, you know, a true error. But, but you have also- to accept. You have to accept that we need to do our research. And maybe the system's a little off. You know, maybe, maybe. the system's a little off. Like. He was sexy and Luigi. He played sexy Luigi. It's a great touchstone in his career. Maybe it's not an era. That's fine. Yeah, and that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. You know, so, they reckon that dinosaurs were fat and had feathers. That's what they've landed on now. Mm. And that just because we think those skeletal little lizards are cool, it doesn't mean we can't embrace fat feathered. Don't be fat phobic. Don't be fat phobic. Yeah. Don't be fat phobic. We um, love... The fat feathered dinosaur. Yeah, we love a thick queen. <laughs> um, 
basically what what we're saying is that I've, I I ch- I tend to choose the movies that we do because I like to spread it out. I want an equal amount mm-hmm. of baby leg sexy Luigi and Dad Guizamo. Mm-hmm. But because this has thrown us so much, Zach and I are going to focus a little bit on the 90s for a while um, just knows, so that we can we'll... get our heads around it. Mm-hmm. Um which is great because I personally, like genuinely, the 90s is one of my, is, is probably actually my favourite decade of film. Actually, it's now a great I think decade of, it, of film. I actually think it's my favourite decade of film. So mm. I'm really excited for this. Am uh, but, I nervous? Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm excited. Did I look at the, the Excel spreadsheet that you did when I was like, take the day, I'll work out which movies we watch for the next bit. Hey, what's this color coding mean? Oh my god, we don't know where we've pretty much watched every available thing he did in the nineties. Yes, but all the things that aren't available, our listeners, have we have found, some, we have, have some sourced. people that are very, very good. Our team that we have, our team, our team will find these, and you know who you are. There you know are who about you are. we've there had DVDs sent to us, which I, we I were very appreciative of. We've used them. Yes, we've used them. Um, Oh, yeah, big big shout out for those. They were so helpful. But we have around about five listeners. When I ask them to help me find a John Leguizamo project, I get it within about five minutes when I have looked for about two hours. Mm-hmm. You know who you are. There are five of you mm-hmm. that are on it and thank you because I need. we need you now. We need you. Anyway, we, we, should, really, you. we should really jump into this. So let's talk about Zach chose this one first. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about all that. Let's talk about all that. I'm going to talk about all that. And then I'm going to talk about why I chose it. I didn't include that in my blurb, but because um, there's also so much to talk about with all that. This is a, This is such a great. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Moment for Leguizamarama. Okay. <clears throat> this week, we watched episode 12 of season three of All That. From what I understand, as a person who didn't have a pool or cable TV as a child, is that All That is essentially Saturday Night Live. Except it's for kids. And instead of beautiful people that went to Second City, it has a strange combination of Jonas Brother type teenagers and screeching children. They're similar in that the sketches are really long and they both feature Keenan Thompson. John Leguizamo stars in a sketch that is a parody of Star Trek. In it, he plays a silly alien who is very annoying and copies what people say and sticks his tongue out. Some other things of note in the sketch is Amanda Bynes plays the captain and she has a joke where she says captain's log and is holding a real log. I'm too old for this sort of shit. John made me laugh though. Um, I do, uh, before we launch into the big study of the 90s, can I say, I actually thought that this show was quite funny. I thought it was, yeah, I, I agree. I've never, I was, I'd never seen it, but yeah. I thought, like, and what, I th- I'd never, I hadn't even thought of it like that, but it is. It's exactly like SNL, but for children. Mm. And it's, it's funny. There were some really funny jokes in it. Like, I'm not going to go and watch any more episodes. I can't be fucked and no. there are things that are funnier now. But, like... I thought that this was genuinely like there were like there, there's this character in it and I looked her up on Instagram and I don't think she's done much since, although apparently she was in Dodgeball. Her name's Laurie Beth Denberg. Okay. Uh, and she's in this show and she has this like she kind of does like a a, a, a news program. It's just like a very, very uh, yes, kind yes, of yes. like two-minute sketch on doing the news and she makes this joke that's, if you're afraid your grandma might get stolen, stick an alarm up her dress and chain her to the fence. <laughs> and that was like genuinely one of the funniest things I have ever heard <laughs> come I out of a child's mouth. I and genuinely laughed. I genuinely laughed out loud at um, one of John Leguizamo's bits. <laughs> Which bit? <laughs> when he sticks his tongue out. 
<laughs> naughty. He's naughty. Someone comes into the, the captain's ship. And yeah. they're like, what's going on here? Very serious. And mm. then John Leguizamo copies them and then waits a beat and then sticks his tongue out. Very and funny. I think sticking your tongue out is so funny. Yeah, it's it is. so when aggressive. When timed right, it's very funny. And so rude, but, like, it means nothing. It's too soft of an action for how aggressive it, it's meant to be. Mm. And he timed it beautifully. Yeah. I honestly, I'm surprised that this show isn't still a thing. I think it's such a great idea. Well, it it's ran like, for 11 seasons. And it's proper comedy. It's not comedy like, you know, fucking Lizzie McGuire shit. Like, no offence no offense to Lizzie McGuire fans. Sorry, but Liz. It's, it's pro- like, it felt like proper comedy. And it's mm. like... Like smart. I don't know. I just thought it was. I thought it was great. I just. Here's I was what, like. Here's what I would say. The best of this show is better by a degree than the worst of Saturday Night Live. Yes. The best uh, yes. of Saturday Night Live well, is better yes. by a degree, and the worst yeah. of this. But it's a, there's an overlap there. Yeah. Like I said, I'm never going to watch another episode again. Never but, in my life. But no. if someone were to be like, look at this clip from all that, and they were to send me like a two minute clip, I'd watch it. I have nephews and nieces and I like I feel like I was like, oh, I think they'd enjoy this. Yeah. I think as well this sort of show, because it's from the same people that do all those sitcoms, which, you know, Google the executive producer if you want to mm. you know, have a weird time. But um, it's from the same... And it's um, from that era too when Nickelodeon was, was not king. great. <laughs> it's... Um, but... <clears throat> Those sitcoms, right? I hate them, and I know it, it's very yeah, easy no, for I an agree adult to hate kids TV, right? But I hate them, I and I hate the them because I love a lot of kids content. Like I love Pixar. I love like clowning, like mm. good clowning. I love kids stuff because I think kids stuff is so unafraid to be silly and so unafraid to. They're going for funny and nothing else at its best, whereas mm. adults get so fucking up their own ass, pisses mm. me off. Um, so I love kids' content, but those sitcoms are bad. They're I just know like- what you mean. Are you talking like the Hannah Montanas and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I completely agree with you. I, they, I, I don't think it's clever. It's What it does, right, is it has all the bad things about comedy for adults, which is that it's overly structured, that it relies on jokes rather than any other type of comedy, like physicality mm. and everything. Um, yet all the worst things about kids' comedy, because it can't be edgy, it can't push boundaries, it can't, mm. like, say anything yeah. remotely rude. So it's just mm. like, what is this? This is nothing. This show is nothing. <laughs> and I hated it when I was a kid. I hate it now. I hate that type of genre. I was expecting was this to be that. But I think by it being a sketch show, it frees up. They're not worrying too much about characters or dynamics. It allows them to be a bit sillier. Yeah. Um, but it, it, was it just, just more fun. It just felt like the writer's room cared about the jokes and not about the the entertaining kids, I suppose, if that makes sense. Yes. Like, yeah, it wasn't much, like a like, cynical, yeah. No, and I, I just thought I was like, I put it this way, John Leguizamo was in, it's an 18-minute episode. Mm-hmm. John Leguizamo was in the first like six minutes and then he wasn't in the rest, but I watched the rest of the episode. So did I. And, yeah. and, and I think the other thing I would say, this is something, I, this is my last like wanky thing I'll say and then we'll get back to this whole joke about. The, whatever we're doing here with this yeah. Leguizamo ages thing. You know, we'll get to that funny stuff. But first, a little wanky moment before we get to this sort of... The Flop it out. Go ahead. ...comedy. Um, is the thing I love about kids' comedy when it's great, kids' theatre, this is really wanky, kids' theatre can be really, really good. Some of the best um, theatre I've seen in, from main stage Australian companies is like kids theatre mm-hmm. because they do what all theatre should do, which is like try to fucking engage the audience. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I saw a show a few years ago at MTC, which is the Melbourne theatre company back when I was trying to be a serious actor and it was a family show. Right. But it was, it was, it was a really interesting like theme. It was about like, it was set in like the forties or fifties. It had like deeper themes, but it was for kids in, in mm. inverted commas or as a family show. It was about like an adult can enjoy it, but their kids can come too. So then they just did things like there was a bit where it was raining frogs. Right. 
it rained frogs. So the way they did it is through the interval, they gave everyone little green ping pong balls and then they said, go. And then we all threw the ping pong oh, balls amazing. on the stage. Right, just shit like that. That they were like, oh, oh, it'll be fun, you know, for the children. You know, we have to make it a little more interactive for the children. Mm. <laughs> it's just like, oh, no, this is what you should do for every fucking show. Why are you yeah. putting on little movies? Why are you doing little movies for me? Like, oh, it's so hard being a middle class person. Quickly, gather around the coffee table. We're all friends, or are we? Oh, we're all actually quite vicious at each other by act two. Yeah. Adult, like, adult theatre goers um, can be very stuffy. And it's like, like honestly, like it. There can be moments in like main stage Australian theatre where it's like, if you know a little bit about the history of theatre, they're literally like most things in Australia can be a little behind, can be like yes. a little behind the rest of the world, right? You know, like you look at our sixties, our summer of love happened in the late seventies. You know yeah. what I mean? Like our. Our, you know, everything's just, um, it's getting faster because of the internet. But when you're on the well, other side of the world, it takes a little while. Australia doesn't like to try anything new. They're, they're scared to fail. So what they'll do is they'll wait for someone overseas to be like, this is cool, and then we'll take it on. We mm. don't generally try and be the ones at the forefront of making things cool. We this just wait till we're told what, what's cool. And I say this to be very, very clear. So it's not like there's like some like there's great artists, there's great comedians, there's great stuff mm. happening in Australia. It's so exciting. It's why I like love making stuff here. It's why I love working with people that do stuff here. It's like it's just um, I think sometimes powers that be in some areas can be a little slow to the take, right? So 10, 20 years in some industries is sort of what it's like. Australian theatre is still doing, like, Stanislavski. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they haven't left, some, 19, the- for context, 1930s type stuff. What the rest of the world was doing in the 30s and earlier, that's yeah. where Australia is now. I reckon Summer of the 17th Doll goes on at MTC every three years. So that's a play, right? That's a play. Yeah. Um, 70s. For if you're listening, it's. Um, 70s? 50s, I think. 40s or 50s, oh. right? But it's in the style of the type of theatre that was happening in Europe in the 1890s, right? Yes. So in the 1800s, mm-hmm. th- uh, uh, European theatre started doing this thing called like naturalism, which, anyway, I won't go too into it. And then Australia. 50 or more than 50 years later did its first example of that genre and now that's the show they do the most <laughs> like oh, that's a hundred plus years after europe we're still doing that genre well it's this rule. absolute fear of, of 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 trying anything new or in any way at all like sticking your head out even if you look at reality television i was watching the bachelorette um last night Mm. Uh, love the new bachelor, Brooke. You're a fucking. I, I'm obsessed with you. But I, I hate that Brooke's show. Brooke's listening and to us. <laughs> Brooke's listening. Brooke loves like Wazamarama, and she's really, really invested in the sexy Luigi era. So she's mm. in. Um, but there's so much. The reason I hate it is because it's so structured and mm. so heavily edited, and like it's just so. Like scripted without a script, but like they've clearly gone into it going, this is our agenda. Whereas if you look at UK reality television, as much as I'm sure there's an agenda and I'm sure there's set up situations, there is a freedom in how they speak. And there is a kind of like, uh, it's just far more enjoyable to watch because there is a reality element to it Mm. with UK reality television. Sure, yeah. And they just don't have it in Australia. I'm just trying to think like, I'm just trying to think, yeah, no, yeah, 100%. And this is the thing, Mish. This is, this is you know, that's such a good point. But here's my thing, right? Here's my thing. I'm trying desperately to segue this back to John Leguizamo. All right, let's just do it. We'll just go back to Johnny Leg. So- <laughs> I was trying to find a really good segue with the passion. And, like, and that's why I'm passionate about... about the fact that this was in 1997 <laughs> and yet John still... Uh, like it's it's blowing my mind because this John was a character in this TV show. All that John all Leguizamo that. was was doing some serious character acting, like very very absurd, very kind of over the top. Funny. Oh yes, that's a great segue. Thank you. <laughs> that's so Thank good. So much. It uh, came from the fact that there was a freedom in what his performance style. That's exactly right. So um, yeah, I think it, it threw me. Because this is 
what we believed to be Leguizollywood. Mm-hmm. Wasn't much Leguizollywood going on in that room. Can I say, that's so true. Mm-hmm. Can I say on top of that, I want to just talk very briefly about how good John Leguizamo is at acting. Mm-hmm. And this had a moment for me. I wasn't expecting this in such a silly thing, but where I was like, he's very unafraid, particularly in this era. He's a very mm-hmm. fearless performer. He jumps in in a very way. Very confident. Not just, com- yeah, confident and just like unafraid. I feel like he just throws himself in. And when we were at drama school and everything, those were always my favourite actors and they're very, very rare. And I think that's why I love him so much. I think that's mm-hmm. what puts him in one of my favourite actors, like, in that category is how fearless he is and how Mm. much he'll just throw himself into a role. And I think that's what I want him to get more of. Not so much the leads, but just roles that he can just throw himself into. Yeah. And this reminded me of that. I was like, what do I love about John Leguizamo? I watched this and he's just like, just throwing himself in there and throwing so his body into it. I was just like, that's, that's, it was, I wasn't expecting it from this one, but I was like, this is why yeah. I love John Leguizamo. This is actually what I want to see more of him doing. Um, oddly enough, um, it's weird for me to agree with you on stuff, but I agree it's what with we you. Do. My, We're two my- Margarets in desperate need of a David. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I, I'm the same. My favourite performers are the ones that are kind of fearless. It's why Hot Department is pretty much my, my like, top five. Top five favourite They're my, they're, they're, my fav- they're like my favourite. Yeah, they're my favourite. Uh, I just didn't want to offend you. Uh, no, no, no. I was just saying it's when, when, when you say everyone's your favourite. <laughs> yeah, I know everyone is my favourite. Then you say they're department. your favourite, but they are no, your favourite. Like, you can quote me on this. Hot Department is my favourite. It's because they are absolutely fearless. Yes, 100%. Like they are filthy, filthy. Like watching them perform is on the same level of thrilling as watching John Leguizamo's performance as Tybalt in Romeo and Juliet. Yes. <laughs> because it's got that fearless self. Honestly, same little pocket. It's that fearless, that fearless throw yourself in and see what happens. Like anyone else could do that. Like anyone else could do Tybalt like John Leguizamo did it because he just, you know. Anyway, we're not talking about Romeo and Juliet. I agree that he did the same thing as the alien and all that. (laughs) We are in a way, Mish, because I think what we need to do, uh, next week we're going to be talking about Spawn, I think next week. We're going to be talking about Spawn from the same year and I wanted to get two things from the same year, see what they look like. I kind of want to try like two, you know, like you're a wine taster, two things from the same year but different vineyards. Yeah. And I wanted to see what's happening. What's this mm. year look like? So I wanted to contrast and compare. That's why I chose two things. I think like maybe it's 96, 97. They're like within two years of each other, that this and Spawn. Mm. So I wanted to contrast and compare. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. I wanted to see what's he doing in different areas. And I feel like as well what we need to do is we also at some point, probably not today, over the next few months, over the next month, however many 90s movies we've got left, I want to also go back and look at his old movies as well, the ones we've already watched, I'm saying, like, like our old like ones. Like Pyromaniac's Love Story. And Yes. You, you and want I, to watch that again. No, no, <laughs> don't worry. Always forward, always moving forward. <laughs> no, I want, to, I want to just like, because we watch out of order, And I kind of want to one day, just like once we've watched a couple of these, I just want to sit down and go, all right, what, like, let's just talk them through film by film. What's he doing? What's happening there? How is it different from before? To get a kind of chronological sense there. Okay. Would people like, or would we like, because fuck, fuck the people. Fuck the audience. (laughs) To do an episode dedicated to, to Leguizamo of the 90s. And, yeah, and, we, okay. and we look back, so it's like a study. That's interesting, Mish. I like that a lot. <laughs> but would we need to watch all of his movies in the 90s before we did that episode? I think we need to have, like, um, a, a substantial enough sample that we can be confident that even if there's outliers that we haven't watched yet. Well, We're getting there. We've watched close to – we've watched a lot. Well, let me throw this down. Okay. I don't think that we can efficiently officially do that study – efficiently without watching Romeo and Juliet. Shit. Shit. 
Does that mean that we're going to do Romeo and Juliet soon? I think yeah. maybe it means that we do Romeo and Juliet soon. I think it does. We are Spawn and Romeo and Juliet um, within... For those within of you who are, who are listening about the Spawn, Spawn is next week. Way to Spawn give it away. Spawn is next week. Well, just in case. I was like, just in case it falls apart. I don't want to be like so promising it that like, you know, if one of us gets a sick tummy or something. <laughs> <laughs> we have to I do think, something quick. I think if we really want to do the nine, like study... Sexy Luigi or the 90s, I should say. Mm. We don't need to have watched everything he did in the 90s to do that study, but we do need to watch Romeo and Juliet. 100%. 100%. So a, I think key. Romeo and Juliet should be in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah, no, I within agree. The next, I think it within the be. next one to four weeks, we need to have watched Romeo and Juliet to be able to efficiently do one to a eight. study. Of one the to 90s. eight. We've got to space out our spawns and our Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, that's Otherwise, right. that's a that's a lot of that's a lot of Ice Age games we've got to play towards. The yeah, we're also year doing three. Ice Age movie as well. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit late in the game. Well, but you know, yeah. like maybe we'll work that out. Anyway, the point is, I agree one hundred percent. We mm. can't do this without having done um, without having yeah. done uh, Romeo and Juliet, Mish. But we'd love to hear right. your thoughts. We would love to hear our listeners' thoughts on do you, uh, on what on what you think mm-hmm. of 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 what we're talking about here. What are we talking I about? Love, I don't know. Um, I love your call to action on a podcast we recorded weeks ago. Yep. <laughs> um, no, no, but I mean, you would like no, but we'll forget about it. We'll forget. Um, and I like to hear. I like to hear what people have to say because I will. We, when it comes to the study, if we end up doing a study, I will bring other. I will quote people. I'll mm. be like, well, you know, so-and-so on Instagram said mm-hmm. that blah, blah, blah. Mm. So maybe, yeah, like by the time we record that one, this one will be out. Exactly. That's great. I love that. I love that so much. So, Zach. But next week don't comment because then we're done. No, and fuck it'll be that. too late. You'll be like, don't do this. And we'll be like, too late. We've recorded them or we banked them. Yeah, that's it. Um, Mish. I have to go build a desk. So okay. let's do our <laughs> let's do our leguistamos for all that. Wow! Did you have any like final thoughts about <laughs> leg, leg, like all that? I, I I don't think. Well, that can be. No, I think I've kind of said it all. I genuinely am surprised that the show didn't last longer than it did. I think that they should. I think they should redo it. I think it's such a clever idea, and I thought it was genuinely funny. And with those kind of shows, like Zach said, I usually don't. And do you with, want me and to I was tell like, you when I saw the, when I saw the opening credits, I was like, oh fuck off! This is gonna be the longest eighteen minutes of my life. <gasps> but <gasps> it was it was funny. Like it was properly funny, and I I. I I really enjoyed it. And if anyone has any funny little clips from all that, send them through to me. I'll have a watch. What's your star most, mate? Uh, I'm going to give this – I reckon it had really awesome Leguizamo energy. Mm-hmm. I think I that agree. he did really good. I think it's, like you said, fearless. And I think you can see a real joy in John when he does comedy. Mm. I think he really loves to do comedy. I think he works really well with kids. And he got to wear a cape. I'm giving this four Leguistamos. I love that. I love that. Mm. Um, I wanna, I'm going to do a Leguistamos and then I've got, I think, like an interesting fact to end the podcast on. Okay. So, like, because you mentioned the 11 season, like, you, I want to talk to that at the end, but I, don't, I can't think of how to, like, put it in the Stamos talk. Mm. Bit of a peek behind the curtain here. I'm talking a lot about, like, my thoughts. So sorry about that. Anyway, so, Mish. How yeah. many Leguistamos do I give it? Well, here's, here's what I'm going to say. You're absolutely right. He's great with kids. That's the one thing I thought that was really crazy, right, was here we are in 1997. We've talked about Dad Guzamo, but Dad Guzamo is more like Dad, Dad Guzamo. Yeah. This, in a very different way, made me think John Leguizamo would be a great dad. Yeah. Right. And, and very great uncle, like just really great. Oh, he's the so wonderful uncle. with kids. He's so fun and it's, he's so cool. So I thought that was great. And I think learning something like that about John Leguizamo is always a valuable thing. Absolutely. I think that to see him, you know, uh, running free, to see him being able to be free is yep. very rare in a lot of the things because he's not usually that... Cent- so when he's the central character, he has the weight of the story on him. When he's a side character, he can't be too crazy. You only really see him this free in his sh- theatre shows, mm-hmm. which we haven't talked much about. 
and and like even uh, Sesame Street, Captain Vegetable, which was very high up for me, he's constrained by the the rules of music. This is mm. the freest I've seen John Leguizamo. It was a moment for me where I remembered why I am doing this podcast. Oh, that's nice. Um, oh my god, are you throwing free. down a? He's free. <gasps> he's fun. He's joyous. He's having a blast. I want to see two hours of this. I want to see a great director put John Leguizamo in the middle of a movie and give him the freedom to play in a drama like this, in something like that's not just comedy, something raw and fun and passionate, the way that, the way that um, others have done. This made me so excited, so happy for him. He made me laugh. Wow, you're drawing out this. this. (laughs) Two, no, five leg Wistamos. Oh, my God. Congratulations. You haven't given a five for a while. Neither of us have. No, and I had to. I was just like I had to give this five stars because I, 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 you know, it's a subjective system and and I I was like, fuck, that's why I love him because he was just having a great time. I'm like, that's that's a fucking actor I'd want to work with. Yeah. I would, I would, what a dream. What a dream. Although I'd be dream. really awkward because, like, I did a, like, three-year-long podcast about him. Yeah, so that, would, like, that would be, Hi. that wouldn't, yeah, you've kind of destroyed any chance to, to work with, uh, with John. What was the fun fact you had before we wrap up so I can go so to my desk? So I watch a show called Defunct Land, a YouTube channel called Defunct Land, where he talks about defunct, um, like, he just does really, it, it used to be about defunct theme park rides and it became about defunct theme parks. Now it's just, like, really interesting deep dives into that industry and into, like, it's a great channel, one of the best, um, and I recommend you watch it. But he has, like, a little side thing on Defunct Land called Defunct TV where he talks about, like, shows from your childhood in a way that's really in-depth. He talks about, like, how it came together and the writer's room and all of that. Um, like, and it's very interesting, right? And the thing I learned from that was... Children's TV, Disney Channel, all of those things only really get at most four seasons because Mm. as long as they have enough content that they can just pump it out and do reruns every night for a year, then they can just loop back around because kids are not watching it for 20 years. You know what I mean? You're only a kid for like two or three years. You're only in the age bracket. You can just do repeats. You can kind of roll through. So most shows get axed after like two to four seasons, even if they're the most successful shows. Really? Yeah, because it's just like why make more? Why make more? The audience that loved it has grown out of it. Just show the next age bracket, the next audience, the same series, right? Mm. This show ran for 11 seasons. So when you say, I wish it, it ran for a long time, I thought it was worth telling you and this dear audience that, in fact, 11 seasons is like the Nickelodeon version of Saturday Night Live's 44. Like it's a well, I didn't show... realise it ran for 11 seasons. <laughs> well, I did the blurb. That's the only reason I know that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Levin's actually okay. Cool, I accept that. I accept Levin. I'm just, I'm just like thought I'd give you that little bit because you were sad. I think you were going to take that energy into your desk building today. You were going to be sad, like, oh man, all that didn't get enough seasons. And I'm like, well, you know, in that world, it did. And I thought that would just brighten your day. I love that. Oh, bless. Um, thank you so much, Mish. No, thank you, Zach. What should we ask Tom to, I think, a quintessential 90s song? Yeah, like I think, is it TLC? Like the music of the, the, the music in the titles was super 90s. So maybe, yeah. Tom, just play whatever the theme tune to all that was because it's like the most 90s thing you'll ever hear. If he can find it. Yeah, no, it's a proper song. It's like a oh. real song. So just, right, just cool. Google, what the, Google what was in all that and... Yeah. Um, and just play that. Or, Thank you know, you. something by Keenan Thompson. Or I Don't Want to Miss a Thing by Aerosmith. Or, or like, if you're really feeling like um, no, fun, all yeah. of them at once. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Tom. All of them at once. No, we're asking once. too much of Tom. No, it's easy. You can layer them. Tom, you can do it. I believe in you. <laughs> you wrote a song for Honor Wolf. You can fucking layer three songs. You don't have to make it sound good. It does not have It can sound manic as fuck. But please layer those songs. Thank you very much. Thank you, Sal. Thank you, Mish. And thank you to our sponsor, John Leguizamo. <laughs> 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.